Welcome to episode 22 of the Music Broadcast, and this week we have a first. We are switching up the format, and today we're taking a look at... <laughs> yeah, we keep looking at cameras that don't exist. Yeah, I was waiting to like give a little eye yeah, contact, break the fourth wall, but then mm-hmm. I was like, there is no fourth wall today. Yep. Just audio for y'all. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we're busy. And yep. we, uh, video editing is a lot of work. <laughs> yes, so. it is. Yeah, this week we're taking a look at the greatest of all time, the goats, the goats of music. The goats. And joining me this week to take a look at the greatest of all time is my co-host, Owen Viragos. What's up, everyone? But before that, we're going to jump into some news. I was going to bring up the story I actually forgot to say last week, Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's still relevant to talk about, is um, the Vans Warped Tour. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of this? Yep. It's having its last run this year, mm-hmm. yep. so it will no longer exist after this. At least, not in the meantime, or not run by the same, uh, the founder of the festival. So, for those of you who don't know, like it was mainly centered around like pop punk music, uh, featured big acts like Beck, Sublime, Some Forty One, Avenged Sevenfold. Basically, the founder Kevin Lyman said he's not doing it anymore because they. It's not because they can't fund it. But they are, the demographic that's been showing up has increasingly got older, mm-hmm. yep. and they feel like it's kind of lost the original integrity of it, which was supposed to be like a summer, mm-hmm. almost like summer camp for punk yeah. rock kids. Yep. And now like the demographic has gone from, originally the age was like 14 to 17, and now it's bumped up right to 19, 20 is mm-hmm. like yep. the, the age that kids are going. So the most popular music festivals right now are EDM and stuff like that, but he had no interest in you know giving into... Uh, certain trends that were going on and stuff like that. Do you think that? Do you think that this will make a comeback, or do you think this says this is like sort of the end of a traveling festival tour? Do you think it was like the selection of bands, or? Hmm. I think it will come back, but probably not for a while. Right. Music always comes in cycles. For sure. And I think that punk rock is sort of fixed in like the '90s. Maybe the 80s as well. For sure. But it definitely, when I think of it, I always think of tapes and like more analog methods of listening to music. Yeah, that's true. And there's actually, tapes are like super popular right now. Mm-hmm. Like yep. even uh, the band I'm in, Bright Green, like we're, we're uh, talking about getting tapes for mm-hmm. our album and stuff. Yep. And everywhere, every merch table at all the gigs we go to, like people are normally selling tapes. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's because of that punk rock aesthetic, yeah. like you said. Like yeah. it's cool to be playing tapes. Do you think it's? I I personally think it's mainly because at one point punk rock was like the rebellious. It was kind of the teens' way of, you know, show, like relating mm-hmm. to their angst yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. like getting out their feelings. But now it's more like little pump and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think just yeah. the demographic has switched as far as like what teens today are relating to. Yeah. 2005 was their most successful year and the only year they had made money just through ticket sales and that was because they were breaking acts like My Chemical Romance and Fall Out Boy at the time. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, that kind of shows its age a bit. Yep. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, know. even though this will be its last year on tour, they'll still have a presence in 2019 um, because they're releasing a four-part series, a video series. Oh, cool. Maybe like a live live concert movie i'm not exactly sure what the format's gonna be that could be cool mm-hmm. i could see it being like a documentary of like their whole mm-hmm. yeah kind of from the start yeah i think that's the vibe that they're going for 
and that'll be um, released next year for their 25th anniversary. Sweet. Yeah, there's one quote from um, Kevin Lyman, the founder of the tour, and he said, personally, I hope it inspires someone to step up and do it better than I did. Okay, moving on to the next story. Um, the shares in Snapchat have recently fallen quite a bit due to um, Rihanna putting Snapchat on blast. The pop star urged fans on Thursday to delete Snapchat after the social media app ran an ad making fun of her 2009 beating at the hands of then-boyfriend Chris Brown. Oh, no. That was uh, <laughs> taken from just straight from the article. Um, Snapchat earlier this week apologized and took down an ad on its platform for an online game called Would You Rather that showed pictures of Rihanna and Brown with the captions, uh, Would You Rather slap rihanna or punch chris brown oh <laughs> yeah that was so distasteful yep i feel like snapchat's gonna fall off so quick mm-hmm. like they must just be like yeah trying to get out of this hole right now because i remember I, I read even a story like a week or two ago about like what people say about an app literally has so much impact on what they do because kylie mm-hmm. jenner who is mm-hmm. like another person who like obviously brought a lot of attention to snapchat and even like people called her Snapchat stories like the best A&R in the business mm-hmm. because yep. she would feature songs on her Snapchat story and they would like blow up yep. based off of that. And uh, she said she was like so over Snapchat and oh, I don't know anyone that uses Snapchat anymore. And then mm-hmm. they took like a big yep. plummet just from yep. that too. So they're definitely mm-hmm. on the decline. Yep. Yeah, Rihanna's comments combined with Kylie Jenner's um, resulted in their shares losing about $1.5 billion. <sighs> in market value um, oh my in february alone um you know what's too bad about this too like they were offered or they were offered to be bottled by instagram yeah and they didn't (laughs) take it yep so now i'm looking back at that decision now Mm -hmm. like i think they really messed up like they could have you know been bought Mm -hmm. out the owner would have made his money and stuff but now they're probably just gonna have a slow downward spiral rihanna posted a snap funnily enough um and this is what she said now snapchat i know you already know you ain't my fave app out there but i'm (laughs) just trying to figure out what the point was with this mess i'd love to call it ignorance but i know you ain't that dumb you spent money to animate something that would intentionally bring shame to dv victims um domestic violence and made a joke of it this isn't about my personal feelings because i don't have much of them but all of the women, children, and men that have been victims of DV in the past, and especially the ones who haven't made it out yet, you let us down. Shame on you. Throw away the apology. Oh, throw the whole apology away. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. And then um, Snapchat responded, We are so sorry we made this terrible mistake of allowing it through our review process. We are invis- investigating how that happened and how we can make sure it never happens again. How does stuff like that get through is mm-hmm. what I wonder. Yep. Like, for huge corporations like that, like, whatever, like another example, like the H&M, you know, the kid in the yeah. hoodie and stuff like yeah. that. Like, who is just sleeping on the job and just approves this kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's too bad. I think it's just showing that, like, companies really need to be more culturally, culturally aware and sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I mean, sometimes I feel like they almost do it just to, like, go trending or something. But then, in the end, like, it's really just showing that it hurts them mm-hmm. yep. overall. So, yeah. 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about Snapchat. It just shows that there are people behind companies and people make mistakes. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. Ones. It's true. So the final bit of news that millions of music hits may be soon up for sale um, and Sony is looking to buy them. This story is about Sony possibly buying the majority share to EMI. Right. Sony Corp held preliminary talks to acquire a majority stake in EMI Music Publishing, according to people with knowledge of the matter, as its Abu Dhabi-based owner seeks to cash in on the booming market of streaming music. Since revenue from streaming music is going up, they want to buy all the publishing rights. EMI has begun reaching out to potential suitors for the catalog of more than 2.1 million songs. And Sony already owns 40% of EMI and operates the business. And if the parties fail to reach an agreement, Sony risks losing the catalog to one of its largest competitors, uh, Warner. They're also looking to buy the catalog millionaire. Lenz Levitnik, uh, the owner of Warner Music Group, has expressed interest in, in EMI. It could be how much are they like some shifting? Yeah, like the power is going back to the label kind of thing. Or like it's weird because all of these companies have shareholders, so like it's weird that Sony would own like forty percent of EMI, but not all of it. Right. It's weird. That's probably the biggest portion, though, right? Like. Mm-hmm. It's not like another person owns 60%, so they're the Mm -hmm. majority shareholder. Yep, and that's why they run it. I know that people are always talking about how the music industry is like sort of going downhill, but this almost seems like the opposite with the popularity of music streaming and now that those services are actually paying more and more for the rights to play that music, Mm revenue is going up now. It's interesting that companies are trying to buy more publishing rights to songs to make more money. I think it's good to hear. Like, I think they're kind of finally figuring out the whole, like, you know, mm-hmm. being able to actually make a profit on the streaming, which everyone was worried about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the end, I hope it doesn't uh, affect, like, independent artists. list so the way this is going to work is i've chosen five songs uh, owen has chosen five songs we're gonna go through all the songs and talk about why we think they're so great and then we're going to combine them and rank them from a list from one to ten which i think will be the most interesting part the debate it's gonna be hard someone might get their feelings hurt a little bit i think so but <laughs> I think we can do it. So, would you like me to start? 
Let's start with yours, sure. Okay. Oh, I didn't really order them. Yeah, these aren't in any particular order either. Oh, okay. My first pick is Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. I was surprised to find out how recently this song was written. It was only written in 1984. Yeah, I saw that too. Mm-hmm. Actually. It was on his album, Various Positions, and it's probably the most covered song ever, maybe. I'm not sure what the numbers are for that. Yeah, it's probably that or Wonderwall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. I think the relationship between the lyrics and the chord progression is super cool. I always love the line, um, it goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, and the major lift. Mm-hmm. As he plays C, F, G, A minor, F. Wow. So when yeah, he says yeah. the ma- the minor fall, he plays the A minor, and then the major lift, he plays the F. That's super which is, smart. Yeah. That is super smart. Next is All Along the Watchtower, originally by Bob Dylan in 1967. Mm-hmm. But most people, I'd say the majority of people, might know it by the Jimi Hendrix version, which was released six months later. Yeah, it was like right mm-hmm. after. In 1970. The lyrics probably the biggest reason why I think it should be on the list. Most people compare it to like really profound poetry. Just like super deep, powerful stuff. I would say so. Uh, number three is Amazing Grace. Probably the oldest song on this list. When's um, that one written? 1779. Whoa. Mm-hmm. By okay. uh, John Newton. He was an English poet and Anglican clergyman. Wow. Yeah, de- debuted in 1779, but sort of fell into obscurity. In England until it was became popular again in America in the 19th century and then it's said to have over 20 different melodies but in 1835 it was joined to the tune um, called New Britain and that's the tune that we know it by today originally it was yeah just sang a whole bunch of different ways number four for me is Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen (laughs) <laughs> from 1975 off of their album a night at the opera and the arrangement is super impressive to Definitely. me um all the harmonies and the guitar parts just fitting into like different spots so complex it's, yeah but everything works together so yeah well. the complexity is mind-blowing yeah and then my final song is i walk the line by johnny cash mm. Uh, released in 1956. I found a funny um, little fun fact about it. And he was once asked why he always hums when he sings the song. Like he sort of hums and then he starts singing the verse. And he says it's just to get on pitch. Because the song is five verses. And then mm-hmm. every single verse it goes up like a half step or maybe a whole step. Oh yeah, true. It, there's a key change every single verse. <laughs> so he That's hums, rare. He hums before, yeah. Key changes in general, besides just for bridges and stuff. Like mm-hmm. every, yeah. That makes that song pretty unique, actually. All right, that's a solid list right there, man. I gotta yep. say. I tried to choose songs from every genre. You definitely went every genre, and you kind of, you went even more every, I yeah. was trying to get every era. <laughs> yeah. But you went right yeah. back different, to, yeah. you went different centuries and stuff. I was trying to get different, like, decades, mm-hmm. sort of. Yeah. Yikes. All right. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got? One of the first ones I thought of was, you know, everyone knows this song, super popular, probably overplayed at this point, but smells like Teen Spirit. It was one of the first times lyrics really didn't have to like necessarily mean something. Mm-hmm. And yep. it was kind of like the start of that new trend of just interpreting the lyrics your own way and just kind of like mm-hmm. having really like tongue in cheek, kind of just the first thing that came to his head and just what sounded good to them. Yep. Also like the dynamics are super powerful in the song. Yeah, I don't know. I would still say that Kurt Cobain is one of the best songwriters of all time, and mm-hmm. that's probably the best example of yep. uh, how how far he could reach with his songwriting. 
my second one, Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder. Okay, yep. Again, like, I, I, I really thought of, like, all right, who are, like, some of the best songwriters and what are their best songs? And I think mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder, the way he kind of tells stories, are super impressive. The arrangement's really cool. All the mm-hmm. horns, the little lines going in and out. Yep. It's just super catchy. I feel like it's one of those ones that's just, like, in the back of everyone's head because it's so memorable. The first one was 90 song. The second one 70 song. This one's, like, I was trying to think of a recent song that I could say is one of the best. And this is kind of, like, an oddball but I really think this song is timeless in a sense and super relatable as well. It's Crazy by Gnarls Barkley. Mm-hmm. I honestly think it's one of the best songs of all time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, its simplicity is what attracts me. CeeLo Green's voice on it is unreal. The simple production. Um, it sounds like it could have come out in the 70s or like today and it would still be good. Mm-hmm. Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Nice. I think Michael Jackson has... Um, you know, it's needless to say, but he has like a million hits, and I think this is one of his best that he came out with. Groovy bass line, uh, all the hooks, all the vocal hooks that are included in there are incredible. Really interesting, like subject matter. Like it kind of puts you in like the shoes of a paranoid famous person and having all these people come after you with allegations mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and like just your name being in the press and all that stuff. So I think it's really cool uh, <clears throat> for that. I was gonna pick a Beatles song. But the closest I could think was a, uh, a John Lennon song, and I picked Imagine mm-hmm. by John nice. Lennon. Yeah. Written in 20 minutes. I think it's like just as beautiful as a standalone poem as it is in the simple like four-chord co- four song that mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. I think it says everything about John Lennon that needs to be said, who I think, again, is just one of our, the greatest songwriters ever. It's nothing too hooky or nothing like that, but I just think, again, like the simplicity of it is what makes it timeless. And then some honorable mentions. <laughs> I don't know, because there's so many, and there are so many that I feel like are just like, you don't even have to say they're the greatest song and stuff like that. Like, I was going to say Like a Rolling Stone. Uh, I was going to throw in Johnny Be Good. I, I, I kind of wanted to think of some more unique ones. So we have our 10 songs, and now we're going to see if we can rank them somehow. So... Should we start with the worst? I yeah, I think, it's, I think it's easier to start with uh, the worst, or the one that we like the least. So out of your five, what do you think is your least, <laughs> I guess your worst song, put it that way? I hate to do this, but like, I feel like Crazy takes so many cues from songs that came before it that might make it, not the worst, but like the least like one of its kind, I guess. I think mine might be I Walk the Line. Just because there are so many great country songs, mm-hmm. I just sort of chose that one out of the hat because it was the one I liked the best. Right. Mm, out of those two, <laughs> which one do you think should go in the number 10 spot? I'm going to say <laughs> the key change is super unique and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I think because that's not a lasting trend in what where music went, or at mm-hmm. least pop music went, I might say that one. Obviously, I'm going to be biased, though. <laughs> yeah, we both are. Okay, I'll put that in as number 10. All right. <laughs> Narls Barkley's going to be... <laughs> Rebecca will not be happy with me. Uh, but... She'll not be happy with me. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's, Not saying that's... it's not a great... Like, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah. like, this is <laughs> this is are... impossible. Like, yeah. when Kai told me we were doing this, I was like, oh, you just want to yeah. see me scorn, don't you? <laughs> like, this is actually a hard... Mm-hmm. This is probably the hardest episode. Yeah. Besides, like, yeah. when we had to pick our favorite songs or albums mm-hmm. of 2017. Yep. The top lists are so hard for me because it changes for me. Like, mm-hmm. depending, 
Yeah, anyways. Yeah. All right, let's keep I going. think two songs that should be right next to each other are All Along the Watchtower and Imagine, just because those are two like prolific songwriter songs. For sure. So wherever we put them, I think they should be together. I'm okay with... You can throw Imagine at eight, maybe. I just don't know. I, th- I feel like... Where do you think it Smells Like Teen Spirit should be? Ooh. <laughs> can we throw that at number eight? Yeah, we can throw that there. Okay. I think it's uh, like a, I'm not discrediting the popularity or the importance of that song. I just think it's sort of like meaningless almost. Like it doesn't <laughs> make sense. <laughs> I feel that. I and I think that. that that's perfect for um, like the grunge sort of thing yeah. that was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it should be. Cool. Um, I agree. I agree. Okay. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody or Imagine. What do you think? I think Bohemian Rhapsody over Imagine. Mm-hmm. I think so too. You know, broke new ground. So if it's over Imagine, should it also be over All Along the Watchtower? Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, because we're trying to keep them together. We don't have to. We can, we can put it at number six. Imagine at number seven. Okay, so we have... Five left. <laughs> uh, which one do you think should be number one? I think that we should probably start right, trying yeah, to figure out a number one. Uh, hmm. I think you had really good reasons for Hallelujah being number one. Yeah, Sir Duke is really great. So is Billie Jean. I think those should be... I think Sir Duke and Billie Jean should be two and three. I would, then, yeah, I would say so too. I would, mm-hmm. If I was to rank the rest, yeah, well, I'd would probably, I would go probably like top down, like Hallelujah number one. Mm-hmm. Billy Jean, Sir Duke, mm-hmm. Amazing Grace, all along the Watchtower. That's actually pretty much exactly how I would do it. I would just flip Billy Jean and Sir Duke. Oh, okay. But I might be persuaded otherwise. Because they're so, like, uh, <laughs> far away from each other. They're mm. both super great and special. They're just completely different things. Definitely. Hmm. Well, would you say... Monroe. What would you say is number fifth then? Yeah, we're not <laughs> weighing in here. Wish you guys could see your fifth. Today. I think it should be all along the watchtower. All right. Okay, we'll plug that one in. And then Amazing Grace. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sir Duke or Billy Jean? You would Billy Jean is two. Mm. I'm thinking about it a little different now. Hmm. Who do you think is a better, more influential artist? <laughs> this is so hard I think, I think I think Michael Jackson should be number two That's why I put it mm-hmm. there yeah. Like I think Sir Duke might have been like the better written song As far as like arrangement, instrumentation and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff But Billie Jean with like the bass line, the meaning behind it mm-hmm. Again like all the hooks that he's thrown in there Like just how iconic that song was mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty sure the first time Michael Jackson did the moonwalk was to Billie Jean. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, I don't yep. know. It's just, it's yep. one of those songs. Yeah, I agree. All right. So, <laughs> with, here's our final list. Um, Hallelujah is number one. Number two is Billie Jean. Number three, Sir Duke. Four is Amazing Grace. Five is All Along the Watchtower. Six, Bohemian Rhapsody. Seven, Imagine. Eight, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Nine, Crazy. <laughs> Ten, I walk the line. That's a solid that, yeah, list that is right solid. there, man. I think that's like pretty. That's yeah. Yep. I'd say that's accurate for you and me. Like mm-hmm. that's a pretty good list, I yep. think. Yep. I'm proud of that list. That was actually very 
That was very diplomatic. That was. No, <laughs> no tables were flipped. No, uh, nothing no, was thrown. We were good about that. <clears throat> that was good. We took some. We, we yep. gave some, you know. I think we should I'm sorry this. Johnny Cash is on the end. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you know, I'm not, not to discredit him, him at all because maybe we should flip crazy and not, I walk the line. Okay. I won't, <laughs> I won't complain about that. Because I feel like, yeah, I feel like that makes more sense. That feels better with me. that we should do this for our final episode. I was thinking for the final episode with, we'd get Anella, George back on, and then we'd each choose five of our favorite artists. Oh, okay. And then we'd try and rank those into oh. a top 10 list. So there'd be 20 artists, and then we'd actually need to cut some. So. <laughs> That'll get so savage. Yeah, oh, would. man. That'll be crazy. Yep. That's what I was thinking. That's a good idea, though. I like that list. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with that list. Yep. It's good. I think it, you know, checks off a lot of boxes. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's biased. I feel like we also did miss a whole bunch of songs. Yeah, and we did. <laughs> but it's also yeah. one of those things where, like like I said, like, we didn't want to just say the ones that are obvious. Like, Hallelujah, Amazing Grace. Like, those are... Timeless. Timeless. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Like, I think we were, I think we were smart about yep. it. We had some variety. It was yeah. good. Sweet. I'm happy with that list. Mm-hmm. That's good. Can we like make a playlist or something? Like, yeah. Can the podcast make a playlist? Yeah. Publish that. Make a little app, app, app music playlist mm-hmm. or something. Yep. That'd be cool. Put it in the, uh, descri- yeah, the description. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Sweet. So that, yeah, that'll be posted along with the, um, show notes for this episode. Cool. Ready to get into our music recommendation? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Mine is... Um, an album called Younger Now by Miley Cyrus. I never thought I'd be um, wow. <laughs> uh, recommending music by Miley Cyrus ever again. But um, When did this come out? What? I think uh, I, fr- I heard a single. It came out uh, September 2017. Oh, okay. And it's almost, I'd almost classify it as a country album. She totally ditched mm-hmm. the whole hip-hop thing. I heard about that. Yeah, it still has a lot of pop, a lot of pop. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of rock. Yeah. It's just a lot more... Definitely back to her roots a bit. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more Americana. Oh, okay. Is that the right word? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no there's no we can't stop song. <laughs> yeah. There. Is there? Okay. Yeah. She's not talking about Molly anymore, right? Mm-hmm. All right. A lot more guitars. Sweet. She has a song called Rainbow Land with her godmother, Dolly Parton. I'm not sure if that's the official title, but... It's with Dolly Parton? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, there's a song with Dolly Parton in it. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. Yep, so that's my recommendation. It's cool. She's still kicking. Yeah, for this week. Uh, My recommendation would be... Well, I have two. One is My Life, which is a collaboration between electronic artist Zoo and Tame Impala. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's super cool. I really like when Tame Impala, Kevin Parker, does his more uh, electronic-inspired stuff. Mm -hmm. And like the fact that he was actually... Collaborating with someone who does like pretty much strictly that, I think really brings a cool sound. It's, it's a cool melding of sounds mm-hmm. that I think works really well. And then um, a new Anderson Pack song uh, came out not too long ago called Till It's Over 
I recommend checking out the song, and I recommend checking out the music video uh, that Apple put out for their new HomePod. Super cool accompaniment of the song. It's an advertisement for Apple, but it's basically like his song got a really cool music video. Yeah. So yeah. I recommend checking that out too. I think you'll enjoy it. Sweet. That'll that'll do it for this week. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Mm-hmm. Till next time. Yep. See you next week. Thank you.